You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Welcome in, Hokies fans, to this edition of the Tech Sideline Podcast. We record on Wednesday, February 23rd, and on episode 226 of the Tech Sideline Podcast, we're going to look all around Hokies sports, spending most of today's show on the men's basketball team, looking at how they can somehow find a way into the NCAA tournament field with four games remaining in the regular season and a trip to Brooklyn for the ACC tournament right around the corner. Then in the second half, we'll look at the women's hoops team with two games remaining before the ACC tournament baseball's first weekend of the year and softball's weekend down in Tuscaloosa all of that and much more coming up on episode 226 of the Tech Sideline podcast which starts right now Welcome into episode 226 of the Tech Sideline Podcast. However, you are taking it in live or archived. If you're listening on Amazon Music, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, or Stitcher, or if you are in the YouTube, if you are watching on YouTube, be sure to like, comment, subscribe, and turn notifications on so you know when the TSL podcast goes live every week. And if you are in the live stream, be sure to drop a question or comment for David or Chris. We'll get to those with Nick at the end of the show. As always, the Tech Sideline Podcast brought to you by the Southeast Regional Training Center. You can help bring Olympic hopeful athletes to Blacksburg and continue to grow one of the best wrestling programs in the entire country. Visit southeastrtc.com to learn more and donate today. No Will Stewart on set today. He was here for the second half of the Brent Pry interview on Monday. So we've got David Cunningham across the way, managing editor of Tech Sideline, filling in. To my right, as always, lead analyst and columnist Chris Coleman in the fourth chair, making his triumphant return. It's Nick Brown. And behind the scenes, as always, Malcolm Stewart does a great job as our best podcast producer in the land. And I'm your host, Jake Lyman. Guys, it... it for the first time in what seems like a while, it's not a happy uh, podcast about men's basketball, a tough loss to North Carolina back on Saturday. And usually we'll start with talking about the games that have happened in the last week. But I think today we just need to have an overall conversation about how this team can still find a way into that field of 68 in a few weeks. Is it still possible if the Hokies slip up or do they have to run the table and find their way to a few wins in Brooklyn? Uh, what does the Hokies chances look like right now? I think everybody would agree that they have to go at least three and one down the stretch. Yeah. Uh, you two and two won't cut it unless there's a followed by like a deep ACC tournament run. Very, very deep. So you're talking about winning three of the last four three of the last four games are on the road. Uh, which on paper makes it more difficult, but at the same time, it's not like the ACC is filled with super heavyweights this year. I mean, there are plenty of winnable games out there. Um, well, and, and three of them, I should add, are against the top 
like the bottom of right. the ACC. Right. Three three of the teams the Hokies play would be playing on Tuesday in the ACC tournament right now. Right. So that's good or bad, depending on your <laughs> perspective, because Virginia Tech also needs quality wins. They still, they don't have a quadrant one win, and their only opportunity in the regular season for a quadrant one win is against Miami on the road. And uh, you know Virginia Tech won down there last year in overtime. That was kind of an injury riddled Miami team. And obviously, Tech had a great chance to beat Miami this year were it not for a buzzer-beating half-court shot at the end. Um, I mean, obviously, uh, it would be ideal to beat Miami. Going into the ACC tournament already with a Quadrant 1 win. Um, because right now, like the fact that Virginia Tech doesn't have a Quadrant 1 win, that's if they're up against three or four other bubble teams for the last couple spots, in theory... I mean, yes, there there's more to it than quadrant one wins, but you know that's that that's the red circle on Virginia Tech's resume. That's the negative for them is there's no quadrant one wins at all. So hopefully they will get an opportunity to to well they will get an opportunity. Hopefully they can take advantage of their opportunity and pick one of those up. Yeah, the the thing is, three of your final four games are on the road, and for the most part, I mean Tech. Tech slipped up at Boston College and at North Carolina, but for the most part, Tech's been all right on the road this year. Mm-hmm. Um, not great, not bad, just kind of average. Um, but, like, you already beat Georgia Tech earlier this season. Last time you were in Clemson, you beat Clemson. Mm-hmm. And Tech, I don't know if Tech's ever lost to Clemson. I think Tech might be 2 or 3-0 and against so, Clemson Mike under Mike Young. Young. It was yeah. Mike Young's first game. Yeah. And yeah. We, we, and we talked about going to get a cold drink. After. Yeah, and then, <laughs> and then you got Miami, who – you probably could should have beaten or could have beaten mm-hmm. in Castle this year. Then Louisville, ah, my game, which is the one just game, beat Louisville. which is That's the one, game. which is the one game at home. Uh-huh. Um, I mean, it, and it's I wrote about this yesterday. You know, Tex two outside of the quadrant one, no quadrant one wins. Tex blemishes on the resume are losses at at home against NC State and at Boston College, and those are two teams. You know, somewhere between tenth. And 15th in the rankings in the ACC standings right now. NC State's 13th. You lose to Clemson and Georgia Tech. They're both tied for 13th right now. I mean, those are those are bad losses. So, you know, Tech. if Tech had won those games, you know, you're looking at a team that is, you know, has two more wins, is 10-6 and six in the ACC, 18-9 and nine overall. Instead, you lost to Boston College on the road. You lose at home to NC State, both sixty-eight to sixty-three, both five-point games that you were leading with five minutes to go. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but Tech has played a lot better basketball as of late. The only question is, can it win enough games down the stretch? And like Chris said, you know, you're gonna have to go at least three and one. The one loss, I think, is okay if it's Miami because Miami's good, but you got to win the other three games, and then you hope you get a favorable seed in the ACC tournament because if you don't. Right now, Virginia Tech sitting on the eight line would have to play Florida State in the first round and then play Duke if it wins. And mm-hmm. that, I mean, I know Florida State's injury riddled, but playing Duke in the second round of the tournament to try to get into the NCAA tournament, that doesn't seem like a way I would want to try to play. And, and even Florida State being injury riddled, their they're <laughs> size, they're a tough matchup. And I, I know Tech beat them on the road last time, but that – but like tech shot what like seventy percent three made point range eighteen or nineteen three points. So that's the reversal. That the, the UNC game was the full circle from the Florida State. <laughs> when you have a game where you shoot as well as Tech did against Florida State, it's eventually going to be balanced out by a game where you can't make anything. And that was this past Saturday against North Carolina. I will say it's a good it's a good thing that the Miami game is on the on the road. 
because if it was at home, it, it wouldn't, wouldn't be a quadrant one, one win, yes. opportunity. And you talk about getting a favorable seed in the ACC tournament. Again, eight seed doesn't seem very favorable because even if you get by Florida State, you've got Duke the next day, and I want to say that might even lead off. Uh, that, that's action. that's a noon game on on when or on Thursday, and and the problem is, unless Duke Duke has the head to head against pretty much everybody except for Miami. And, and UVA and, and, right U, and UVA, but UVA is not going to catch up Miami. Well, so like Notre Dame right now is is second. So you know even if Duke loses and Notre Dame, Duke would have to lose more than you know. Get, basically, they would have to drop below Notre Dame. So that's very unlikely. So you know whoever the eight and nine line is is going to play Duke on the first day. Tech did go toe to toe with Duke for a good twenty five minutes in Durham, but. Again, I mean, this is the best team in the conference. And and Virginia Tech, only a game back of Syracuse, who's on the seven line right now. And Syracuse's last four games are currently against the four teams getting a double bye uh, in the ACC tournament. They have, I believe, Notre Dame tonight, Duke on Saturday, UNC next week, and then finish off with Miami. Uh, so the Hokies, an opportunity to surpass them, get to the seven line. And here's what that trip to the championship would look like. Louisville or Clemson on Wednesday, Notre Dame on Thursday, a team the Hokies have already beaten, and then Miami on Friday to get to the championship, a team the Hokies were a half-court shot away from going to overtime with. Seems like if the Hokies are going to make a deep run in the ACC tournament, seven line is exactly where they need to be. Absolutely. Um, I I agree 100%. I mean, if you can – well, what was that first game? Either uh, Louisville or Clemson. Louisville or Clemson. You feel good about either one of those. Yeah, and and, and you guys would have – Tech would have just played both Both of them at the end of the season. Exactly right. And already beaten Notre Dame. Yeah. Uh, Notre Dame's had a resurgent season under Mike Bray. I don't want to take anything away from from Notre Dame. But Tech matches up so well. Yeah, and and it's like the ACC is not very good. So the second-best team in the ACC isn't anywhere close – to what a normal second best team in the ACC yeah. is like Tech sweet 16 team from a few years ago would either win or finish second in the ACC this year. Mm-hmm. It would be Duke Virginia tech and everybody else. And instead that's, I think tech was the five seed in the ACC tournament that year. Yeah. They'd be yeah. there'd be one or two this year. They're that far ahead. That, of that, everybody else. That was, the, and, and that, I mean that, cause that was the, is that the year UVA won the national championship? Yeah, it is. It yeah, was. It is. UVA won the national championship and Duke had Zion the, the Zion trio. No, that's right. That's and, right. And North Carolina right. had a really good team. And that was Florida state with, uh, Terrence 12 Mann players. and, uh, Devin Vassell mm-hmm. was on that. He hit the shot in the ACC yeah, tournament. I mean, just the ACC league. was stacked and right. now it's Duke and everybody else. Yeah. So I'll go over the top 25 rankings now. Yeah, we're well, on. Well, but by the way, Duke plays UVA today at UVA. That's right. That's, yeah, that's a, right. It's so a, that, bi- a big day in the ACC. If, Duke, UVA, Syracuse, Notre Dame. Yeah, yeah. If Notre Dame beats Syracuse today and Duke loses, and they're tied for first. Yeah. Well, but Duke Duke's has got the head, the head to head, but still, head, I mean, yeah. it's they're tied in the. So I'm going to go over the preseason top 25 AP poll <laughs> in college basketball. <laughs> and I'm, I'm going to go over the teams that the preseason top 25 teams that were on Virginia Tech's schedule this year. All right, so Duke, number nine. They've lived up to it. They're right around the same spot yeah, now. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Memphis, number 12. Not ranked. <laughs> Horrible. St- That's their standard. Horrible they did beat Houston. Show. They did beat Houston. Uh, North Carolina, number 19. Not ranked. Florida State, number 20. Not ranked and in a downward spiral. Just lost, lost like five, seven of eight. 15 to Boston like College. Yeah, right. Number 21, Maryland. 
who fired their coach in, right after the Tech game and has a losing record. Uh, number 23, St. Bonaventure, who was the most experienced team in the country after winning the A-10 last year. Extremely disappointing season for the Bonnies. Uh, number 25, Virginia, uh, who is outside the top 25. You know, good, and, decent and team. And is fighting for the bubble. Right, fighting on the bubble, right. And, and everybody would have projected them to be uh, a clear-cut NCAA tournament team. So that's, seven. That, that, that's a bunch of teams that – so what, what, what did I name? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Seven opportunities for – Quadrant one wins. Those would be quad one wins anywhere, anywhere. if they were top 25 they, teams. It, right, yeah, because you assume they'd be top 30 in, yes. in, the, in the net. So, uh, and as it turns out, <laughs> none of them except for uh, Duke. Except is for a, Duke. Duke's quad one, but yeah, that, that's none about of them. it. And right, right. Xavier wasn't even on the list, was it? Uh, Xavier was in others receiving votes. So Xavier was on you, there. You expect, but we didn't even know if we were going to play Xavier. Yeah, and that, that, that was the second right, day. Right, and... Uh, you also had Syracuse receiving votes. Mm-hmm. So you think that's a possibility, maybe, that they'd be a quad one win? Yeah. Let me so it's just all these teams. That ver- I remember writing the article in the preseason, say, and it was called a schedule built for the NCAA tournament or for March Madness or something like that. And on paper, that's what it looked like it was. But as it turned out, it's not just the ACC that is disappointed. It's most of Tech's non-conference team, conference teams are disappointed, too. Like, I would have mm-hmm. assumed Maryland and St. Bonaventure, both those teams mm-hmm. Tech beat, and they were preseason top 25, you would assume they would be quad one wins. They weren't. They both had disappointing seasons. And I guess St. Bonaventure's quad two, and I don't know what. Maryland's mean. a quadrant. Because but, it was it was at Maryland, it's yeah. a quadrant two it, game. But, right. if it, but, I mean, if it was anywhere else, it probably would have been a quadrant right, three game. Right, right, so. right. Maryland, they've got a losing record. Yep. Um, so, it's just, uh, and I'm not saying, you know, Virginia Tech has done some things. Virginia Tech should have beaten Xavier. Because Xavier had a weakened team that night. Yep. And Virginia Tech shouldn't have lost to Boston College. So so there have been some things on Virginia Tech's end. It's it's partly our own issue here, but like at the same time Everybody else on Tech's schedule has just been just, atrocious. Exactly. Um and it's 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 hard to say why. I mean you can point to the ACC having some older coaches and you know, falling behind the Big Ten and the SEC in revenue, but like, but, how do you explain St. Bonaventure <laughs> returning everybody from the A10 title team and then falling flat? Well, and that that's three ranked teams in non-conference: St. Bonaventure, Memphis, and Maryland, who mm-hmm. all have had extremely disappointing seasons for what was expected coming in. St. Bonaventure with five seniors starting, I believe. Yeah, yeah. Mar- Maryland had made the NCAA tournament six out of seven years, I believe. Six mm-hmm. out of the last seven years under uh, Mark Turgeon. And then just like that, he's fired, and, and they're bad. And then Memphis had two of the most electric freshmen coming in in the entire country. It seemed like it was going to be an unbelievably tough non-conference schedule. And it may have been... At the moment, but uh, it yeah. has not. The most difficult non-conference game Tech played might have been Dayton. Yeah, at at Dayton. I mean, yeah, and that's a game that Tech won, and that's so. I mean that that would have been a quadrant one win had yeah. Tech had Tech won it. But I mean, it's crazy. I remember being at that game in in Ohio in mid December, and and Tech at that point, you know. It was like okay, you know, Tech's doing all right now, but this is a tune-up for St. Bonaventure and Duke, and Tech lost. But it was like okay, you know, Tech, St. Bonaventure or Dayton pressed for a lot of the game and forced Tech to turn the ball over. 
Um, and then Tech came out and absolutely whooped St. Bonaventure. And it <laughs> yeah. goes, all right, maybe Tech is back. And, and they played well for 75% of the game against Duke Yeah, the, in, yeah. Their, in their next game. So you're like, okay, we're finally starting to play well. And then, bam, COVID. COVID, hit, yeah. Right, it's, it's, and canceled a bunch of games. And the first game back from COVID was NC State. And if the – Text three COVID pauses dating back to last year show you anything is that like when you when you can't practice for ten days or two weeks yeah. or thereabouts, you're probably going to lose that first. Yeah, game. yeah. And I think the most telling stat, Chris and I were talking about this before the show about the ACC, um, and David Teal wrote wrote a story about this. I encourage everybody to go read it. But um, this is going to be the first time I don't I know in how long, but a while that, that Virginia <laughs> Virginia Tech has or the ACC has not had a ranked matchup in the regular season. Right. And that's really crazy to think when you look at all of the ACC teams that were either ranked or right outside the rankings mm-hmm. in the preseason that not a single matchup ended up being between ranked teams. Right. So I remember like when Tech would make the ACC tournament under Greenberg and fan, and or excuse me, when they would miss the NCAA tournament under Greenberg and fan, fans would be like, but we're in the ACC and we won 20 games, blah, blah, blah. Well, you know, you could maybe make that argument back then, but you can't make that argument this year because nope. the league is not good. It's, it's. I mean, it's behind like the Big East in the rankings. Yeah, so, Providence top ten. Yeah, they're really good. Yeah, I was looking at uh, bracketology updated yesterday, and last four in you got Memphis. First four oh, out Memphis. Dayton. Next four out is St. Bonaventure, Maryland. Nowhere to be found. <laughs> Syracuse. Nowhere to be found. UVA is not even in the first eight out uva would be and, the ninth team out according yeah. to joe lunardi yeah. i believe yeah so i mean it's you, know, you talked about all those teams and, and hardly any of them are tournament teams except i guess duke yeah and obviously virginia tech had to handle business and yeah. against some it did against st bonaventure maryland it did against xavier memphis dayton it did not but but again we all thought this is going to be the most challenging schedule virginia non-conference schedule virginia tech's ever played mm-hmm. and Kind of, I mean, looking back, like the 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 tournament up in New York was tough, but everything else was kind of every toss up. If you think about it, the best team in that tournament was Oklahoma, well, not Oklahoma, Iowa State. State. Iowa State, who won two games last year, and, they and they've off. done an amazing job, and, and they did fall off, they yeah, they fell off fall hard, off, right? Yeah, but they they were ranked at one point, which yeah, have, we looked were. at that tournament and said, okay, if Tech beats Memphis, <laughs> they'll play Xavier. If they lose to Memphis, they'll play Iowa State, right. and not the case. Iowa State won the whole thing. Yeah. Well, and then even Xavier's dropped down to a seven seed. I think they're up to at most a three seed or four seed at one point. Uh, and they went on a tear after that tournament um, once they got everybody healthy again. But then they hit Big East schedule and just flatlined. Mm-hmm. Now they're well, the Big seven. East is a tougher league. Big so East is I believe really they've got Providence league. tonight who yep. is, has been phenomenal this year. Well, I mean, I don't know if you guys watched last night, but the UConn-Villanova yeah. played last night, and that was, what, a top 10, 15 game? Yeah, Villanova's top, a three yeah, top seed. Yeah, 20, and, I believe. Yeah, UConn's a five. So it's a five versus a three seed in Bracketology. Yeah, yeah and just a really – you, you you haven't seen those matchups in the ACC this nope. year. I mean, tonight against Duke, Duke UVA probably would have you would have thought would have been one of those before the season. This would be one of the premier matchups, and I guess technically speaking, it still is just a still process prim- of elimination. Still the primetime game on I, ESPN. I mean, same right. with same with Tech UVA on <laughs> but, but on you, Big Monday. But, but you would think it would be like number seven Duke versus number, number sixteen UVA. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Same with Tech UVA on Big Monday last right. week. Right. I mean. There's a reason why North Carolina Louisville on this well, Monday. This Monday, you're like, oh man, what a great matchup. No, <laughs> just <laughs> yeah. well, currently Joe Lunardi 
I mentioned he has UVA as the ninth team out. Tech Virginia is the, Tech is Tech the, the tenth, tenth team. team out. Yeah. Uh, right now, three Commonwealth teams, uh, Virginia, and Virginia VCU. Tech, and VCU, are all back to back to back, according uh, to Joe Lunardi. It's an uphill battle for the the Hokies. If, to get. if VCU doesn't get in, that means the A10 will only get one team in for the first time in yes. a long time. Yeah. So think about it: the Atlantic Ten, which dominated the ACC in non-conference, play. two and seven. Right. And, ACU is two and seven. Yeah. And they might only get one team in. So that yeah. team that dominated that that league that dominated the the ACC may only have one NCAA tournament team. That's how far that the, the ACC has fallen. And there's a chance that it's St. Bonaventure who the Hokies blew out. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it'll strange. it'll probably be Dayton. It could be, or, it, sorry, it should, it should, it'll probably be Davidson. My bad. Yeah. Davidson, because Davidson's Davidson. the team that's dominated the A10 all year. But um, it, it's you know. Watch it's interesting watching SEC basketball, watching Big Ten basketball. Arkansas, Florida was on last night. I watched a little bit of that. Um, you know, Michigan State, Iowa was on last night. And there are a couple. You had, had uh, Wabisa Beatty versus PJ Horn. Texas A&M, Georgia. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, you know, Florida, our old fa- friend Colin Castle didn't put up twenty nine in a loss last dude, night. Dude, and and, <laughs> and you know what's hilarious is like, you know, I, I don't know if you saw it, uh, Appleby. Who absolutely dominated tech la- or tech last year in the NCAA tournament? He hit like the most ridiculous shot yesterday, and I'm just like, you know, I have not seen any of that in ACC basketball nope. this year. Uh, well, I saw one. Miami made one from half court. <laughs> wow, <Well, laughs> that's a little different. Yeah. Well, Good. Tech ha- has an uphill battle to make it as an at-large team, and you look at these four teams. We said Miami. If you're going to lose one, that's the one you have to lose. If Tech were to lose tonight against Georgia Tech, do you think that ends any shot at an at-large bid and Tech would have to run the table? Pro- probably, yeah. but but you you could still, like, if they did lose tonight, if they won their last three and one of those was a quad one win, you know, you still look at it as a possibility. But so much of it depends on what other teams do. Yes. Um, they're competing with UVA for an at-large spot. So, like, if UVA struggles down the stretch or uh, – you know, it's, it's, I remember one year where I, when Greenberg was here and it looked like Tech was going to get in, and then there were so many upsets in the conference tournament yeah. that it knocked a lot of those teams that people thought were going to be automatic bids, knocked them back down to at-large teams, yep. and that bumped Tech to the wrong side of the bubble. Yep. Um, if there were fewer upsets in the conference tournaments this year, then maybe that could play to Tech's advantage i would not recommend losing to george tech i would not recommend. <laughs> i don't think i mean it's i sound like a doctor like do not i do not recommend taking this prescription because if you take it it's not gonna end well i mean like look virginia tech just dominated georgia tech a couple weeks ago you know what it De- wasn't even close DeVos, 15 De- point game michael devoe's I mean, good wasn't even that close uh, De- devoe's De- really good but man as a team their shot selection was horrible and it's, even when they the the their, the quality of their shots. It's like they take a shot and it's like this flat trajectory and it just creams off the rim at a hundred miles an hour. It's just like a <laughs> team with no talent Georgia, except for Devoe. Even Devoe pulls up from like five feet behind the three yeah, point line like, all the time. Doing? He right. can hit it though. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is a Georgia Tech team. I mean, and the same goes for Clemson. Honestly, I mean, Georgia Tech and Clemson are not good teams. Louisville's talented. Louisville's really talented. Obviously, lost Chris Mack, but. You know, like this is this is a stretch here at the be- at the beginning of the season. This is a stretch here where you would have said Virginia Tech can close out the season with like three or four wins. Mm-hmm. And we can, and Tech still can. Right. But the problem is, if you lose now, 
it it's really gonna hurt you. Yeah, you know, you sit there and you assume, ah, we're already probably in the tournament at that point, and now you're playing for seeding. Yeah, you, you just win three of these. Last that's probably what games. you would have thought. That's probably what you would have thought at the beginning of the yeah. season. Yep. Yeah, I think coming out of that three three home games in eight days against Virginia, North Carolina, and Syracuse, you feel like if you get a few wins there, that could cement your spot. And Tech in went the two and one. They went two and one over that. I think you know. I think if we said that before the season, I mean, I thought Tech was going to have at least two quadrant one wins before ACC play even started. <laughs> yeah, and then you got that stretch of three games in a row. Uh, excuse me, three games in a row at home, and likely two of them would have been be quadrant one. Yeah. yeah, so you're like. Man, not only are we going to uh, make the NSA tournament, but you know we've got a chance over the course of the entire season to probably have five or six quadrant one wins, and it'd be like a five or a six seed. And Tex like only played six games, and none of them have come at home. Exactly. And all we're, we're going to finish this season without playing a quadrant one opponent at home. Yeah. And like you, Virginia about. lucks out a little bit just to roll the dice. Virginia gets Duke at home today. Right. Yes. You know, and Virginia already beat Duke and Cameron Indoor last week or two weeks ago. Right. And and so Tech, Virginia Tech doesn't get and if Virginia home. wins, that's two quadrant one wins both against Duke. Right. You know, so Virginia Tech doesn't didn't have doesn't have that, and that's just the way the dice rolls. But um, but yeah, it's been it's definitely been a strange season just for ACC hoops in general. And you know, if you're Virginia Tech, you just gotta win, and you gotta hope that you get a favorable matchup in the ACC tournament, and hope other bubble teams take lose down the stretch. Yeah. A couple of bubble teams losing yesterday. Florida, Kansas State, San Diego State all going down. Uh, obviously, Tech needs a big win tonight against Georgia Tech, but we have to talk about uh, North Carolina on Saturday. We do have to go back and chat about that. Tech went cold 5 of 26 from three-point range, uh, and outside of Kevin Aluma, 3 of 23 from beyond yeah. the arc. Yeah, uh, I went. All, I spent all week thinking Virginia Tech was going to win the game. I thought they were going to win the game. And then I watched. I went down to PKs at twelve thirty to watch Tottenham play Man City. Tottenham <laughs> beat Man City, and I'm celebrating and everything. And then I'm like, "Wait a second! The sports gods are not going to give me wins over Manchester City and UNC, which are like my least favorite <laughs> sports franchises. They're not going to give me wins over those two on the same day." And sure enough, uh, I was sitting opposite the Tech bitch on, in section thirteen, and I remember being right behind that Justin Mutt's three-point attempt that he took from the corner. And there was nobody within 20 feet of him. Mm-mm. I mean, he had so much time to just line it up, take the perfect shot and everything. And as soon, I was right behind his hand when he released it. I could tell as soon as it came out of his hand that it was going to be clank off the rim, you know, ride left. And you're just you – could, I could see it when the guys were releasing it that they weren't going to go in. And so I'm sitting up there groaning before – the shots even get to the basket. You could just tell they weren't going to go in. And it's rare, like in, in basketball, where you put yourself in better positions than the other team to score and you lose the game. I mean, I thought Tech, like, as far as executing their offense, getting in the right positions, the positions you want to be in, I thought they outplayed North Carolina. Yeah. Yeah, they just didn't make their got shots. Got a lot of open. Got but a lot of open. Looks. I think the 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 perfect sequence that stands out in my head, or not the perfect sequence, maybe the perfect sequence if you're a UNC fan, but the sequence that stands out in my head, my head is when Gasson drove and he had an open lane to the basket. And I think Bacot came over at the last second to help, but he still, it was a wide open layup if he uses his right hand and just goes up strong. And he's bricked it off the backboard. UNC gets kind of a long rebound and they push it out in transition. And they hit a really, really tough three-pointer, which I don't even think was a good quality shot. 
right, and we had a guy right in their face. I mean, great, right on him, and he drilled it. So we, we miss an open layup on one end. They drill a tough contested three-pointer on the other end. And at that point, it was I think it was 22-16 to 16 tech. If Gasson makes that shot, it's 24-16, to 16, but instead – it's twenty-two to nineteen. Yeah, and uh, you, you, at some point, you you think, okay, they're going to start falling. The three pointers are going to start <laughs> falling. We can't continue to be this cold, but they did. And it's a shame that it came the bad shooting day came against UNC. But you know, when you have a shooting game like Tech had against Florida State earlier in the year, where uh, you know I believe Padula was six of seven and Couture was something like nine, nine of eleven. Nine of eleven. I mean, those guys are good shooters, but they're not that good. So. You're going to have – something's going to balance that out at some point. Like, if you're going to have a shooting game that good, chances are you're probably going to have one where you're really, really bad, too. They were a combined one of eight on Saturday. Right, right. And we talked about last week how even against UVA and Syracuse, Tech wasn't shooting the ball all that well in those games, but still finding but, but a way to win. <laughs> but yeah. when you shoot I mean, like that, you're not going to have a chance to beat a good team if, like North if, Carolina. If you had told me that Tech would hold Carolina to 65 points, I would have said they're going to win the game. I mean, because Tech scored 68 on Carolina on the road. Yeah. Right? And like eight of Carolina's points were handed to them at the free throw line at the end of the game. So you're talking about Carolina maybe would have scored around 60, low 60s probably, uh, if that if Tech hadn't had to foul, which is a really good defensive performance yeah. against Carolina. Mm-hmm. So it's just uh, – and they, they couldn't hit the broadside of the bar. And sometimes, you know, you can break down a game from an X's and O's standpoint and say, oh, we could have done this better and that better. And, you know, we, did, we didn't close out this guy. And we weren't good coming off this type of screen. And that's why we lost. But, nah, this is just flat-out mission open shots. That's yeah, all it was. And that's – like, after the game, Mike Young came in here. It feels like a while ago, but it was five days ago. But Mike Young came into the press conference room. Kind of just shook his head. I mean, it's like, what can you say? You just hey guys, guys just didn't make shots. Next time, right? I think, I think <laughs> it was Aaron McFarling of the Ronald Times that asked, you know, does it make it a little bit easier to like process knowing that is just like doing what you guys are usually doing, just not hitting? And Mike was kind of like, yeah, I mean, I guess, like, you know, and I think, I think it's good that that there wasn't anything like drastically wrong. Mm-hmm. But it's just frustrating, you know, and that's two games in a row now where Tech's hit only five three-pointers in a game. Mm. And I think it's just a little bit of a shooting slump. But the good news is Tech played good defense pretty much the entire game. And they've, conti- like, this is seven games in a row where the defensive performance has been yeah. much, much but, better. But to be able to to be able to make a run, you're going to have to have your offense on. Yeah, and the problem is Tech didn't play well enough earlier in the season to leave themselves with much elbow room at this point. You know, uh, if Virginia Tech doesn't make the NCAA tournament, it's not going to be because they had a bad shooting day against North Carolina. It's going to be because they didn't beat a Xavier team that was missing three starters. Yeah, It's going to be because they lost to Boston College on the road and things like that. Um, like, I, I think, if like, like we said earlier, before the season, that three-game stretch – we said, okay, if you win two of those three games, that's fine. Well, yeah. Yeah. That's exactly take what that. Tech did. Tech won, so yeah. if Tech doesn't make the NCAA tournament, it's going to be because of what they did earlier in the season and maybe the fact that, you know, St. Bonaventure is in a top 50 team to count as a quad one win like like people thought they were. Yeah. I think, I think more so, though, it comes down to just not winning games. Mm-hmm. Tech had the Xavier game there at the end. Boston College, NC State, Tech was there. 
not necessarily the the teams in the top half of the ACC, but a game against a win against Miami at home would help. Well, in the Miami game, people look back and say, "Well, he had a half court shot." Well, Tech was up five with I want right, to say a minute right, left right, in right. that game. Yeah. They could have won, won that before the half court I shot mean, went there. There's times and t- it's time and time again where Virginia Tech was up with a couple minutes to go at Virginia. Virginia mm-hmm. Tech is up uh, four with. Three couple, minutes left and didn't three and a half minutes to go right. and didn't score again. I mean, right. it's just time and time again where just down the stretch, Virginia Tech didn't have it. And yeah. now it's coming back to bite them. Yeah, exactly. Um, and by playing so poorly at the end of games earlier in the season, they left themselves with no room to maneuver late in the season. Mm-hmm. Um, so you don't have, that don't have to be perfect from here on out, but. Or maybe they do have to. Be. Maybe we, they we, do. We don't know because we don't know what other bubble teams are no. going to do. Yes, but but to go back to your point about North Carolina, just I, I thought everything Virginia Tech ran. I mean, the Hokies got really good looks. Oh, yeah, like open corner threes that usually go down no mm. matter who's shooting the yeah. ball because all five Tech starters can hit that shot. Right. Open shots that just didn't go down. Defensively, Tech was good. But, I mean, Naheem Aline kind of described it best after the game. He was kind of joking. You know, because somebody asked him, you know, what did, did North Carolina do anything defensively that, that really, you know, hurt you guys? And, they left him too open. So and too and much time to think. Naheem was kind of just kind of smiled and was like, no, I mean, they couldn't guard us, you know. <laughs> but but yeah. Tech just didn't hit shots. And yeah, sometimes yeah. that's just the way the ball bounces and, and it's frustrating. But, you know. I think Tech played a better game. I just, agree. Just didn't hit. Yeah. Just didn't hit shots, and sometimes yeah. that's just you know the way the game goes. The biggest outline fact I think, besides the shooting, was I think Tech had or UNC had six fouls with around nine to ten minutes to play in the second half, and they still only shot Tech only shot six total free throws. Tech didn't go to the line after they got in the bonus. Yeah, yeah right. did not. And, and, did not and I don't. Beat. That's something to capitalize on, but in the end, that's not the deciding factor. Right. Because, no, yeah. because like any, anytime you shoot, what was it? Five, five of twenty-six. Five yeah, of 26. and North Carolina, North Carolina ended up. If you take out the final minute, because North Carolina was eight of eight from the line when Tech was fouling in the final minute, North Carolina shot, shot seven free throws to Tech six. Right. In the end, so it it's not that big. Right, of a the, difference. It was the only. It was a disparity in the box score because Carolina yeah. was winning and Tech had to start fouling. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I thought, I thought the officiating was interesting and you see this plenty of times in college basketball, like, like Carolina got whistled for a foul, like in the first minute of the game and they didn't get whistled for their third foul until there was less than a minute left in the half. So they basically played 18 to 19 minutes of basketball and committed one foul, which is physically (laughs) impossible if you're actually playing hard. Right. So I I go, you you go into halftime and you're like, man, that, that, wasn't fouls didn't seem to be very evenly distributed not that i expect them to be but i i like i said i think it's physically impossible to go that long without fouling in college basketball but i'm sitting there thinking man we're down by eight and bacot hasn't even scored yet yeah Yeah. Um, that's the other thing virginia tech defended bacot really well when they were in chapel hill he hit six all all six of his first shots yeah like he went six for six to start the game and got north carolina up early and then tech shut him down this game tech shut him down from the get-go yeah they they did they did a really good job on him and and I, i thought the officiating balanced out in the second half because I looked up at one point in the second half and there was like six <laughs> fouls on UNC and just two on Tech or something yep. like that. So it balanced out in the end. And so it came down to who made shots and Tech missed a bunch of wide open shots. 
Hokies forced 15 turnovers in the game, only allowed six second chance points. Exactly. It, it was, if you told me all those stats, six <laughs> second chance points, 15 turnovers, uh, holding Baycott to what, 10 points? He had 12. 12, 12 points. Uh, and holding Carolina to 65 points, I'm like, that's seven in a row, boys. We're all feeling good, right? And usually I don't like looking at plus minus on the stat sheet, but one stood out to me. Naheem Aline was a minus 17 in that game, which, uh, I mean, again, it, it there are a lot of factors that go into what happens right. when you're on the court, but that's, uh, Naheem Aline possibly uh, just hasn't had the season I think a lot of people were expecting from him after the breakout performance in the NCAA tournament yeah, last year. The, the, he is one of the streakiest shooters I've ever seen, and his streaks can last six weeks. Yes. Sometimes. Uh and he just had a really good positive streak. Like he played well and shot a much higher level yep. during Virginia Tech's six game winning streak. So he was hot there for a couple of weeks and then he kind of got unhot against uh, North Carolina. I don't think everybody did. Yeah, that's yeah, true. The whole team I mean, did. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, there I was uh I was texting with a couple buddies over the weekend and I mean Hunter Couture over the last five games, since that Florida State game, Hunter Couture has made like Thirty percent of his, th- th- you know, twenty-five, thirty percent of his threes. Like I think a lot there. Uh, in different games, some guys have shot well and some guys haven't. Yeah. But I think this was a game where it just all came together and everybody did not shoot it, well. Exactly, and it wasn't just three-point shooting. I mean, Mutz got the ball down in the lane one-on-one against Manic on multiple occasions, just couldn't finish shots yeah. that he normally finished. Tech was thirty-seven percent from the floor too, so it wasn't just the three-point shooting. Right. It was just everybody could not get the ball through the basket. Uh, I think, I guess you would, you would call it a missed opportunity against yeah, North yeah. Carolina. That's a win you'd love to have, but not one that ends your season. No, right. yeah. I, I mean, think, it, it would have been one that probably would have gotten tech in the big conversation. Yeah. Yeah. Now, yeah. If you win that game, we're sitting here at 17 and 10 and play Georgia tech tonight, a bad team. And you're like, man, we could, this is going to be our eighth win in a row. Nine of, you, and you're nine, you're nine and seven. Right, right. You're, with, you're, full, with four games left, oh, three against the bottom it, half exactly, of the ACC. Exactly, and you feel really good about it. Now, let's, if Virginia Tech wins tonight, you have to sit here and look at it and say, okay, we've won seven out of our last eight. It sucks that we lost to North Carolina, but it's really, really hard to win eight games in a row at the yeah. same time. And, yeah. and that, I think that's the other thing. It's... It's really hard to win one game in the ACC. It's hard to win a couple in a row. To win six in a row, mm. that's impressive. I mean, the way, and I I think the way Tech's turned it around, you know, I think I mean Tech deserves credit for turning it around. Yeah. Like like because I mean they were sitting at two and seven in the ACC, dead last after that loss against Miami, and, and after a full or a half court buzzer beater. A lot of teams might mail it in at that point and just be yeah. like, all right, well, that's and tech, it. And Tech turned around and ripped off six straight wins yeah. and now could go into Miami sitting at in, in Nine, seventh eight. or eighth in the ACC. Yeah, last right. time they met, Tech was dead last. Yeah. It's, it's definitely going to be interesting tonight. Have to get a win against Georgia Tech and then Miami. That could be the game that kind of shifts the scales whether the Hokies end up in the tournament or out. And again, also trying to get to that seven seed in the ACC tournament. We talked about how uh, the path a little bit easier from the seven than from the eight. Uh, I think it's about time to take our break here on episode 226 of the Tech Sideline Podcast. Before that, let's check in with Nick in the fourth chair. I know we're going to touch on women's teams and softball, baseball, and women's basketball. But I want to talk about some sports that don't get mentioned a lot. First off, lacrosse picked up their first ever win versus JMU. 
who yep. is ranked 13th. That's right. in school history. I and think they're, JMU was one. They won the national title a few years ago. Yes. Right? Yeah. And Virginia Tech was 0 and 18 against JMU coming into the season and beat them on the road uh, by one goal. Uh, Lacrosse is now ranked 20th in the country. They host Liberty today at three. And then uh, women's golf won their first ever tournament. So four day weekend uh, in school history. Uh, this uh, February 13th. Uh, at the Columbia Classic. Uh, again, they've only been around since 2015. Right, very young. Um, but they beat number two Oklahoma State and number 24 Texas Tech in that tournament. Wow. And they now sit, which I think this is kind of uh, – golf rankings are very specific and very weird, but they're ranked 26th in the country right now. Um, but they also reached a national championship last spring, didn't make it out of uh, stroke play. Uh, into like the actual tournament, but uh, that that'll be a it'll be a good season this season uh, for the women, especially starting off that, and then they play this weekend at Florida State. Um, so keep uh, keep your eye on the on the newest team in the school right there. We'll rattle off, I think they'll they have a good chance of getting the national championship again this season. Uh, talking to some of them, but uh, yeah, cool. Cool. Always good to beat the number two team in the country. We'll, we'll talk about a, another matchup with the number two team in the country that happened over the weekend for the Hokies. Uh, we'll dive into women's basketball, softball, baseball's 3-0 and start this weekend against UNC Asheville. Just hop around uh, Virginia Tech Athletics in what was a busy weekend in Blacksburg. Stay with us here on episode 226 of the Tech Sideline Podcast. We'll take a break and we'll be right back. Welcome back to episode 226 of the Tech Sideline Podcast. We spent the first half of today's show going through the men's basketball team's hopes to try and get into the NCAA tournament. We'll spend the second half of the show whipping around looking at other Virginia Tech sports and their weekend. Some good, some bad, and we'll see where the women's basketball team could possibly end up in the ACC and the NCAA tournament. We got David, Chris, Nick, Malcolm, and I'm Jake on set today. Again, make sure if you have any questions or comments, drop them in the YouTube chat. Nick will get to those at the end of the show. But let's dive in with women's basketball. A tough loss at Louisville on Sunday. Again, Louisville, number three team in the country, coming off a loss. They're not going to lose two games in a row very often. Yeah. Uh, but maybe a missed opportunity for the Hokies to cement themselves as a possible host team in the NCAA tournament. Yeah, I mean, this is a, a Louisville team. You know, those top. It kind of shows the upper echelon of women's women's basketball. I mean, just how good NC State, Louisville, those teams are um, compared to the Stanfords, um, the Marylands, the the really really elite teams of college basketball. That's Louisville. They don't lose. You know, you're not going to lose two games in a row. They just lost over the weekend, and um, you know Virginia Tech's playing in front of ten thousand people <laughs> in Louisville. And just didn't shoot well. I mean, Elizabeth Kitley played well. Seemed to be the trend of the weekend. Trend of the weekend, yeah, for Virginia Tech basketball in general. I mean, Liz Kitley played very well, but everybody else, you know, I think she had she had seven makes. Everybody else had ten combined. So, um, I mean, just a tough weekend. And and I don't know. That's a game, obviously, Virginia Tech wants to win, but missed opportunity. It, it's you know, there right now. We were just talking. There's a there are six seeds right now in ESPN bracketology. That's pretty good. That's very good. And and you win this weekend. You got Miami tomorrow, NC State at home on, on Sunday, NC State's number three in the country. You win, you got a chance. 
and that would definitely be qualify as a top tier win for Virginia Tech if they can take out the Wolfpack on Sunday. One good thing did come out of Sunday's game, though. Asia Shepard, uh, I was talking with Chris Hyer, and she scored in the final minute uh, yeah. to become Virginia Tech's asked, all-time can, scoring leader. I asked Kenny Brooks about it after the game. He didn't know. Like he said, he didn't even realize, you know. And of course, there's he. She scored with like 35 seconds to go. And at that point, nobody's really paying attention. It's a 20-point game. Yeah. It's on the road. Yes. Right. So, and that was kind of one of those things where they said Hunter Couture didn't know that he could have broken the school record the, for threes. Yeah. If he was at home, he would have oh, probably he would heard have it over the PA. Or, but, yeah. So, so of course, that's going to be a big celebration before the game tomorrow. Um, she's all-time leading scorer in program history now. You, so, all-time leading scorer in program history. She passed ACC record holder yeah. for, threes. for threes. Probably retire the jersey. I would think I so. Would yeah. think so. Yeah. And I mean, and then Elizabeth Kitley probably when Kitley leaves, you know, because because Kitley is probably ACC Player of the Year this year, mm-hmm. and she's going to be an All American again before it's said and done. And Kenny Brooks said at the beginning of the season, like. We're excited. We want Asia to break that record, but he told her she better enjoy it because it's probably getting taken down in the next few years with Elizabeth Kitley and Georgia Amor uh, (laughs) sitting right behind her. One of those things you probably wish they would have known and just told her not to shoot so she could get it uh, to open up the Miami game. But the record's the the same either way. Uh, And again, we mentioned Hokies will take on Miami, a a pretty solid team, middle of the pack in the ACC. They're 9-7, and but they've won four straight including a win over Georgia Tech, a ranked team, back on Sunday. That's Thursday at 6 in Castle Coliseum. That's a game, could be a tricky one for the Hokies. One you feel like they should win, but also not one of the bottom-tier teams like Syracuse that we saw the Hokies trounce back last week. Yeah, Hokies put up 102 against Syracuse. <laughs> a, I mean, a Carrier Dome record. And this is... It, so few good things happen to Virginia Tech in the <laughs> Carrier Dome. Dome. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, this is a Syracuse team that's gone through a lot. I mean, this yes. is... New new head coach. They had a scandal and everything. Um, but, yeah, Virginia Tech de- demolished them. This is a Miami team that's okay. Like you said, middle in the pack. This is a game Virginia Tech need, needs to win, should win. Um, should be like a 10-point game. I mean. And a win I, there probably close to cements the Hokies as the four seed in the yeah, ACC tournament. Gets them double to double by. by. Yeah, and, and the Hokies need – Double bye goes a long way uh, in in the ACC tournament. I mean, them having to play on them starting their play on Friday instead of Thursday in Greensboro. You know, two years ago Tech was uh, Tech was good, but Tech was about five or six in the sixth seed in the tournament and had to play. They played a, a Wake Forest team that was hot, um, and they lost. And you know, on, on Wednesday of the tournament, second round. Yep. Um, you know, it gives you an extra day to prepare. But I mean this again, this Virginia Tech team is, is, is really good. I think they beat Miami pretty easily. And it all comes down to NC State rematch on Sunday. And they're sitting on the sixth line right now in the NCA tournament according to ESPN. Again, the top four seeds host. So I think that would be the goal for this team. You would think to make that happen, you have to be at NC State on Sunday. Oh, yeah. Top five team in the country. Hokies lost by six in Raleigh back in January. Uh, but this is a team the Hokies beat last year. They can do it again, and if they do, you'd think that puts them in that conversation for a top four seed. Oh yeah, quarter one win. Yeah, well, that, I mean, NC State's I believe like three or four in the net, you know, and and definitely right, a quarter one right there next to Louisville. <laughs> um, it, NC State when Virginia Tech played them the first time, 
they tech didn't play very well. I mean, tech mm-hmm. tech turned the ball over a little bit. Um, NC state got out in transition really easily. Tech probably played a good 15, 20 minutes of basketball. If tech comes out in, in, at home and, and plays very, very well, this is going to be a game that Virginia tech could easily win. I mean, I think Elizabeth Kitley beat out Elisa Cunane last time. That's a player of the year battle in the ACC right there. And this is a game that Virginia tech, you know, probably should win i mean you're playing at home gonna be a lot of people there yeah hopefully it's a good crowd 6 p.m on a sunday it's senior day um this is a this is a a really good opportunity for virginia tech to show how good it is before it gets into the acc tournament and here's the other thing you know you win on sunday you might have a chance to host an ncaa tournament regional i mean it means it means a lot more than just this you know, NC State game, but Tech NC State's developed a little bit of a rivalry. Three in the past straight years. really close games. Yeah. Uh, Hokies beat them once last year. Went to OT with them last year as well. So I think uh, parity in women's basketball has come a long way. Yeah, still got a long way to go because like probably shouldn't be beating Syracuse by fifty on the road or whatever. <laughs> but uh, I remember when you know Tech when UConn was at their peak and Virginia Tech was a, was a good program. They'd they'd make the postseason every year. I remember one time when, and I remember this game because actually it was sold out, 10,000 people in Castle for Tech women's game against U, number one UConn. I remember the lights went out in Castle. You know, there were those old sodium-type lights, and it took them 10 minutes to turn back on. And they'd slowly come back on, so the arena would slowly get brighter. Mm-hmm. But at any rate, Tech lost that game by, like, nine. And the women's team got, a, like, a standing ovation when they left the court <laughs> for losing by nine. Because it was an accomplishment to got, get crushed by UConn. Yeah. I mean, there were other games where UConn would beat Tech by like 30 or 40, and Tech was an NCAA tournament team. It's just UConn just steamrolled everybody, and there was no parity in the sport at all. So now it's actually it's more entertaining these, these days. Uh, like, uh, you know, Virginia Tech, uh, like NC State number three team in the country. Well, 15 years ago, the number three women's team in the country – would just be running rough shot over everybody. over even a top ten oh, team. Exactly. Yeah. There. Exactly. There. Yeah. Parity, like you said, it's come a long way, and just see. I mean, even in the ACC, there are five or six top twenty-five teams: NC State, Georgia Tech, Louisville, North Carolina, and Virginia Tech. I mean, those are five really good teams, and that doesn't even include you know some of the middle of the pack teams that that can you know. Can win games. You got Notre Dame knocking on the door too. I forgot about Notre Dame. Notre Dame yeah. as well. It's six and and you know six really really quality teams in the ACC. You know, and it used to be, you know, I mean, even just a couple of years ago, you know, Virginia Tech. It shows how how far Virginia Tech has come. I mean, there were games a couple of years ago where Virginia Tech would host NC State or host Louisville or, I mean, even like Florida State, who's fallen off a little bit. You know, and and lose by ten fifteen, even if they were winning at some point during the game, and now Virginia Tech is winning those games. So, Virginia Tech, I think, is a little bit part of that parity. Absolutely, and the Hokies, if they can get that uh, that regional hosting in Blacksburg, I'm just looking at their home uh, record: eleven and one overall. The only loss coming to a top fifteen Tennessee team back in December: seven and zero in the ACC. You would think there's a chance that goes away on Sunday against NC State, but could be 9-0 and at home against ACC opponents. Uh, getting that top 
four seed would be huge. Tech obviously very comfortable playing in Blacksburg. Yeah, and I think we, we Will and I had this discussion. I think last week when we were talking, just you know, who knows what an NCAA tournament regional here would look like. Mm-hmm. But I think it would draw pretty. Solid. It, I, it's it's happened once before. Um, Witherspoon. Yeah, uh, it was even after that. Yeah, but um, 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 that was a wild environment for that one. My yeah. parents talk about that a lot. And uh, I don't remember what the process was back then. Like, I don't actually don't think Tech was a four seed the year I'm thinking of when they hosted. I think you might like it might have been a bid thing. Yeah, yeah. I think it probably point. used to be yeah. a, a bid because yeah, that's how I, it is. I want to say I want to say Tech ended up like getting knocked out by Penn State in the second round, and Penn State was like a two seed or something yeah. like that. But, yeah. but, but Tech hosted because they outbid Penn State. Yeah. Yeah. Which is kind of silly, but yeah. Well, I mean that, and that's how it. That's how it kind of is for the NITs and stuff. Right, you know, right. you have to you have to bid. But I mean, playing yeah, playing at home, not having not having to travel. You know, getting to and of course this is coming after. Kind of crazy to think, but this is coming after a year where both the men's and the women's played in the bubble. Mm-hmm. One in San Antonio, one in yeah. Indi- Indianapolis, and now Virginia Tech might have a chance to host three regional games and potentially play in two of them. And in Blacksburg and Castle Coliseum, that would be pretty cool. And a big weekend coming up for the Hokies. Winning both those games, you'd think, gives them a pretty good shot. And then a week from today, the ACC Women's Basketball Tournament opens up in Greensboro. Should be a lot of fun there. Hokies hoping they don't have to play until Friday. Let's check in on the Diamond Sports. Uh, We'll start with softball. Uh, They went down to Tuscaloosa this weekend. And you have to say it was a good weekend for it this was. team. They got three wins. Their only two losses to number two Alabama. Combined score of three to nothing. And you actually move up in the rankings. Yes, you lose two games up, move one up spot. in the rankings. Yeah. Uh, it, it was great pitching from the Hokies. Kelly, or Keely Rochard and Emma Lemley both had great outings against Alabama. Alabama's pitchers just had better outings. Uh, I mean, Montana Fouts. Uh, She's the uh, best pitcher in the in this country. I believe 11 strikeout shutout of the Hokies on Friday night. Uh, and then Hokies taking a 0-0 score into the bottom of the sixth inning against the Crimson Tide on Saturday and just came up short, giving up two in the bottom of the sixth. But, again, how, they went toe-to-toe with the number two team in the country. It should show that this team could be in the Women's College World Series at the end of the year. Yeah, and I think they showed that they have a little more pitching depth. This year yes. Too. Mm-hmm. Um, like last year, it's like Keeley's going to pitch every single inning in, in games like that, without mm-hmm. a doubt. You know, so, but they have more depth this year, and and that should that'll save. You know, I don't know a lot about protecting arms in softball, but I guess theoretically speaking, it would save a little wear and tear on Keeley. Yeah, and you can, and those those, those younger pitchers will add experience throughout the course of the season because they'll be given more opportunities. Um, so I, I think Tech is in a better position to make a deeper run this year. Not that they didn't make a deep run last year, but uh, they just they need timely hitting. But the, yeah, the, and yeah, the and pitching's going to be there. They're going to need time to hit. Like when they have the bases loaded with nobody out. Yeah, they they have to score one. Yeah, they Tech out hit Bama in in, in that second game, mm-hmm. and I mean Keely Rochard and Emma Lemley, who Emma Lemley is a stud. I mean they are. That and that duo, I mean, I think it's probably the best pitching duo in the ACC. And you know, some teams like Duke's got Peyton St. George, Clemson's got Valerie Cagle, um, Florida State and Notre Dame are both pretty good, but Virginia Tech's now got two aces, and that's how all of the you know, 
really, really, really good College World Series teams do it. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you see maybe a little bit with a team like JMU last year who had their run. Um, but, you know, if Virginia Tech has, has – if Emma Emily can continue to develop and Keely Rochard can, you know, obviously she's going to be Tech's number one option. But, you know, rest a little bit. Like, I, I think I, – I don't know. Softball's a bit different from baseball where, you know, you can throw a lot of softball pitches and – you know, and be all right. Right. But, but for example, you host Radford. There was tech was supposed to host Radford today. It got rained out, but you don't need to throw Keely Rochard no, you absolutely on, don't. on yeah. you know, you can save her up for the weekend where they play South Carolina, Troy, Ohio state, um, you know, South Carolina, some really, really talented teams. And you know, this Virginia tech team, I mean, Keely Rochard and Emma Lemley, I think held Alabama to like they hit 183 over the weekend or 136 yeah. or something like yeah, that. Yeah, that's impressive. And, and struck out 18 batters, only allowed three runs. But those and, either those games could have gone either way. Yeah, it was it was like that that one the second game when te, you know Tech had the bases loaded with nobody out. Losing that game two to nothing was kind of like losing to UNC in basketball, where you you, you actually them. have more opportunities than the other team, but you still lose. Yeah, and Alabama it, just hitting a two-run homer bottom six, and then it's like Tech has one shot to make right. up two runs against one of the best pitchers in the entire country. You know, it's just not going to happen very right. often. Yeah, and, and I think – I don't know if you expect your hitting, expect your batters to – like like your pitchers would. You know, your pitchers can find a rhythm early and get into it. Mm-hmm. It might take your batters a, a week or two sure. you know, to try to, to kind of figure it out. But – I mean, if Virginia again, if Virginia Tech can get timely hitting, you know, this is a, a College World Series team, and I mean, Tech is very, very good, and a lot of it goes back to we you know, we knew how good Tech's batters were going to be, and we knew how good Keely Richard was going to be, but the emergence of Emma Lemley, I think, is kind of th- this this propelling force where if Virginia Tech can go into weekends where Keely Richard doesn't have to pitch, you know, you play Duke. In a three-game series at home, you don't have to pitch Keely Rochard in every single game. You can give Keely a rest, mm-hmm. and that's that's something Virginia Tech didn't have before. Yeah, Keely Rochard basically was having to pitch two full games in a weekend and then come in to finish it off if it, necessary in the other one. You know, and it's not even uh, not even just about the physical rest. It's also a mental rest. Yeah, knowing that like you are the the difference between victory and defeat. <laughs> uh, and there's, so there's just there's not quite that much mental pressure on her this year. You saw in the UCLA series last season, Keeley came out guns blazing in sure. game one. They get game one, and then you run her into the ground the next and, two and games. She, she knows the next two games. I have to do the exact same thing for two more days. And, and they've the already final. seen her once. Right. Yeah. Now exactly. you you know you get if you get it into the into the super regionals again and in, in, you know have that same scenario. Day two, UCLA throws somebody different, but you also throw somebody different. Mm-hmm. Throw somebody that that can do the exact same thing Keely Richard did the day before. I think that's, you know, that that is really that's what's going to get Tech, you know, that's what Tech's going to ride basically a chance to get into the College World Series. And again, in that way, you have Lemley throw Game Two in the Super Regional. Even if you lose that, now you've got a fresh Keely coming back for Game Three uh, to try and finish that one off. I want to talk about, uh, obviously, the Alabama games are going to get all the headlines, but gutsy win over Middle Tennessee on Friday night. You have to turn around right after losing a one nothing duel to Alabama. Alabama and immediately play Middle Tennessee and then come up and huge. It was a walk-off, right? It was a walk-off, yeah. two-run homer uh, from, from Virginia oh. Tech. Yeah. You, you need that uh, to beat those teams even after such an emotional loss against Alabama. I thought that was kind of the moment of the weekend for the Hokies. Yeah, that, that was good. I mean, they... 
They beat Evansville pretty handily. Yeah. This was a, a really solid weekend. Obviously, it stinks to, to beat Alabama, but to show that, you know, you have that mental capability to process, okay, and move on and and still play really, really good really good ball game. I mean, I think I think that's important and especially because that probably would have been a really bad loss if, if Tech had lost that game. Yeah. But but to show that you can you know, you can walk it off and and win in the late stages of games after you just lost a really close game, really heartbreaking game a couple hours earlier, because that's really good. And you're not going to play perfect ball every game, so no. you got to show some toughness down down the stretch and come out with some nail biters. Like yeah. that. And I think it has to give the Hokies confidence. They just went toe-to-toe with number two in the country for two straight days. If that comes up again in the College World Series or in the Super Regional, I think they're going to be ready to yeah, roll. Yeah, so, so really if you think about the most recent games this team has played, they go toe-to-toe with Alabama, and then at the end of last season they go toe-to-toe with UCLA. With UCLA. Probably two two of, if not the two most premier right. teams in, in all of college softball. Yeah, and, yeah. and you've got – and this is – reminder, this is a team that, you know, had, had f- what, five games in, in Florida last weekend? All against three power against, five teams. Three exactly. against ranked teams yep. and swept, swept them. Yep. Tech, tech is approaching that upper echelon right. of, of softball. Right. And the key uh, will be, you know, is Keeley's a senior? Yeah, yeah. Okay. this is Keeley's uh, fifth year. Okay, yeah, that's right, that's right. So the key is going to be maintaining the momentum when, when she leaves because that's what Tech failed to do when they had Angela Tencher, yeah. who was dominant. I mean, she was great. And Tech went to the, the World Series with, with Tencher. Uh, but then but they, they didn't accumulate talent around her and, and continue the momentum, and that program just sort of – slid back to the norm like they weren't bad but they were never that that good again either so it's going to be very important and i and i think they will because i think tech has a bigger name now in softball and better facilities than they had then so uh the future there's more of a chance of future success but yeah they've got to make sure uh and not not that the next keely has to be absolutely as good as Keeley, but yeah. the program has to continue that upward trajectory. But I think I think it's across the board, too. I mean, yeah. they've got some talented players like, like Kelsey Bennett. I believe yeah. she's going to graduate after this year. They've got some yeah. some veterans that have been there a while, and it's re- replenishing that depth, mm-hmm. you know, because Tech's got a lot of it of depth this year. Yeah, and Pete DeMore has just done a great job turning this thing around in, in four years. This Gosh, is his fourth yeah. year, and, and already probably a College World Series favorite at this point if you're top seven that would put you in right now mm-hmm. if if chalk rolls but uh let's quickly touch on baseball before we get into the youtube chat uh john chef in his fifth year with the Hokies, tough end to last year lost a lot of key pieces but a three and zero start uh, against unc Asheville this weekend uh starting pitching you lost all three weekend starters in the offseason and chris gerard anthony simonelli and peyton alford and you bring in your three starting pitchers this year, including a true freshman, 15 innings pitched, four hits, no earned runs, 17 strikeouts. Tech baseball recently seems to be a story of missed opportunities. Like, I thought they had a chance to have a good team the COVID year. And COVID yeah. uh, nixed the rest of that season. I mean, they had, what, a second-round pick pitching for them. Uh, their battery was really, yes. really good that year. And then last year, I think they, they had three good starters, but – what, they could only pitch them all together for, like, two or three series? Yeah, a lot of injuries. There was a lot of injuries to them. So, like, you had so many 
you had so many pitchers changing roles, whether it's, oh, this guy's normally your long relief guy, now he's starting, and that pushes, th- and this guy's getting pushed to the close role and things like that. And it's it's been unfortunate because I think the pieces have been there, but they, they haven't been able to play all their pieces together. Yeah. So this is a good start to the season because all three starters pitched well, and that's that was the main concern, I, I think, is like or I think Tech will be able to score. Generally speaking, Tech, Tech is a good enough offensive team, um, but the question is always pitching. pitching. And UNC Asheville is not good competition. Let's go ahead and throw that out there. <laughs> but if you, if you told me before the season that – the three starters would all go five innings. That they, they would all allow, and they would all well allow no, no earned runs. Exactly, no earned runs. Uh, I would have said, I will take that in a heartbeat. Yeah. That, that's a good. That's a good sign. Yeah, and two of those guys. I mean, we've obviously seen what Ryan Okuda can do before, yes. but Griffin Green. I mean, this was his first like time in the spotlight. Opening day starter. Yeah, was fantastic. And then Drew Hackenberg, true freshman, first yeah. ever start. Brother Christian Hackenberg, um, former Penn State quarterback. He's got. A lot of family lineage in athletics, but he came out and played really well on Sunday. He retired the first nine batters he faced. I mean, and and pitching depth is obviously going to be key down the stretch. But Tech returned a lot of arms from last season. I mean, I think just not their starters. Yeah, you, you lose your three starters. A lot and of relievers. Con- Con- a lot of relievers. Your closer, yeah. but almost everybody else is back. Yeah, I mean, um, and we know how how much talent Tech has batting wise. I mean, Gavin Cross didn't even play. He played what opening day? He Didn't played he opening play day. Last two, per per our Chris Hirons, uh little wrist tightness. Wrist tightness doesn't seem to be a major concern. But okay, so you're without the best player, probably be, maybe the best player in the ACC. I mean, he's going to be a top ten pick yeah. possibly in the it's, MLB this, draft. Yeah, it's this maybe the best player like. in program history. Yeah. And, and um, you know, opening weekend, we know Tech's got a lot of talent out there, and Tech hit well. And then the question, like Chris said, is pitching, and Tech's relievers looked pretty good too. Um, the question is, can you continue to be consistent there? But I mean, that's why you play these early early season games. Obviously, yesterday against ETSU got rained out, but that would have been a nice test. But would you say Fordham this weekend? Fordham this weekend, uh, and then I believe High Point next week, and then Wright State, and then Wright State, who uh, I believe beat Tennessee in a regional last yeah, year. Yeah, so I mean, there's a lot. There's a lot of good tests, and it all come. You know, I think the biggest question is going to be. What's that pitching consistency look mm-hmm. like? Griffin Green looked really good, but but can he keep can he it keep it going against better competition? Yeah, uh, I think on the offensive side, we talked about it looks good. You got Gavin Cross, you got a guy like Nick Bittison who's finally healthy this year. But the young guys, Carson too, Demartini, Tanner Schobel, and Jack oh. Hurley coming back after good fresh, freshman season. Carson Demartini, uh, first pitch of your career. <laughs> and, well, I saw that home run. He crushed it, four hundred so. feet to center field, and, and, and it was such a weird windy day too like i was outside for a little bit and, it's, and it seems like one second the wind's blowing 20 miles an hour in this direction and the next is blowing 20 miles an hour <laughs> in that direction you have no idea what you're gonna get yeah um but uh yeah he put his out to pretty much center field yeah and then hit a three-run homer the next day right yep yeah so, uh, so that's you don't you don't see that type of play from freshmen very and, and he played pretty well at their base. I mean, right. he's, he had one error on Sunday, but besides that, he was solid. Yeah, and I mean, this is a – yeah, he's obviously not going to – a true freshman's not going to be perfect. You're going to have third, mistakes. Third base defense has been an issue for Virginia Tech. Yes. Is. Yeah. And, and to, to throw a freshman in there and he hits well, and for the most part, minus one error, he plays really good defense. I mean, that's about all, all you can ask for. And obviously the pieces are going to change and, and move around during the season right. due to injuries and stuff, but – 
I mean, this looks like it's a young group, but a talented one. Yeah, um, and and we have to we have to remember that you know Tech was starting a number of freshmen last year. I, remember, I think I remember going to a Florida State game last year. It was a game Tech won, and I want to say like eight of their nine starters were freshmen. Yeah, and there was no scouting report on those guys early in the season because they're all freshmen. And I think that's one of the reasons they struggled down the stretch is because at that point the scouting report is out. And you know how to pitch guys, and you know you have to adjust to the pitcher's adjustments at that point. And that's tough on freshmen. So for the young guys we're talking about right now, they might run into some of the same issues. But but you know for a guy like uh, Jack Hurley, who's now been there, yeah, um, and Tanner Schobel coming it, back too, exactly, yeah. And, and ho- hopefully a guy like Nick Bittison can can start to find his form. Yeah, yeah. He he had three hits on Saturday, including a home run, uh, and I think. You you know these names: Bittison, Cross, Hurley, Schobel, uh, even now Demartini. But some other guys: Eduardo Malinowski had five RBIs on Friday, including a three-run homer. Cade Hunter, four for four, two home runs, two doubles, five RBIs in his debut. Yeah. Uh, so and then, and that's a guy that was hurt last season and missed the end of last season. Well, and, and Coach Chef uh, said on Saturday that he was a game time decision up until. Basically, the lineup cards were due on Friday, decided to play, and then went four for four. Uh, so I think that, that might be the key for this team. Maybe not the guys who you know, but maybe the guys who you don't know I stepping up as well. I think that's the yeah. key for, for any team. Because especially like when you get into like conference play, you get into extra inning games and, and things like that, and you have to make defensive replacements and uh, – Make sure there's no drop off. Exactly, and and if you have to adjust your lineup a little bit based on whether you're facing a lefty or a righty, um, I mean, I I, I definitely think a, a bench is is key to to any good team. Uh, unfortunately, we won't get to see it anymore, but particularly like in National League Baseball, you know. Yeah. Uh, uh, I know that's not obviously there's no there, there's a DH in in college baseball, but. Yeah. Uh, but I, I think there are so many times – baseball season is so long that you're going to need your bench. It's like soccer. You're going to need your bench. Yeah. You, you know, uh, you can't roll out – I mean, it's same like – I mean, it's the same thing in a lot of professional sports. Same thing with the NBA. Yeah, yeah. What, so, same thing with MLB. You can't play the same guys every single yeah, – and they're yeah, going, and they're yeah. going to be injured. You're, you're going to need a backup to, to come up with, with a big hitting performance one day. You're going to need a backup to hit a key – three-pointer for you or, yeah. or in the case of Sean Padula versus Florida State score 20 points yeah <laughs> you know uh, so yeah you need that depth it's it's very rare that you're going to su- sustain success over the over the entire season with just your same starters every every single game yeah I'm interested to see how how Tech's pitchers perform once it gets into to tougher competition because yeah. yes like Chris said UNC Asheville is not winning the yeah. Big they South were, they were year. picked ninth in the Big South in the preseason out of, out of 11 uh, oh, out of 11 teams so definitely not great competition Fordham a little bit better this weekend so we'll see how the Hokies respond to that uh, it was supposed to be the first 12 games but now since the rain out last night first 11 games for Virginia Tech are at home which is uh, really interesting they're, they're playing all these home games and like when you would think the weather would be bad yeah and the weather was not good this past weekend it's too bad they're not playing a game today it's, really, it's, really <laughs> it's, nice. it's a little bit warm yeah. no rain in the forecast so uh, hopefully that carries over to this weekend I know there's a little rain on Friday possibly but if you're in the if you're in the area go out to English field uh, should be some fun baseball this weekend. Uh, with that, let's check in on the YouTube chat. Nick, any good questions in there today? There's not a single question. I'm not gonna not gonna lie to you. No questions. Today. No questions. Wow. Today. <laughs> any good comments? Uh, 
Uh, Brent Pry interview was very good. Great. Uh, Scott Gloster threw in a few stats. Uh, Virginia Tech in men's basketball is five and twelve in their last regular season game since being in the ACC. Oh, that's good to know. And then, oh, it gets better. At least in the last in the last four games of the regular season since joining the ACC, uh, they're twenty nine and thirty nine. Great. <laughs> and uh thanks scott <laughs> and the scott only time it's all up on this wednesday morning the only time virginia tech won their last four regular season games during that span was 2016 okay and that was and the beginning of the the, the buzz the take off yeah yes yeah they made the nit that year yeah. yep well at least that's uh something good to end on there after some <laughs> maybe some bummer stats from scott Klassner. <laughs> yeah uh <laughs> I mean, it's again. It's, Thanks, Scott. I think you know what. No, no. The, the thing is that twenty nine thirty nine record that was against the that, old that, ACC back in, when the ACC was, was good. good. Well, and that also includes, you've got the. Uh, I don't want to call out James Johnson, but you the you, James the, Johnson right. era. James Johnson era is in there too. That's true. Yeah, well, and I think again, I think it's going to come down to kind of what Chris we were just talking about with baseball depth. Yeah, is Virginia Tech's bench going to be able to continue to produce? Darius Maddox was oh. was pretty good over the weekend. Um, you know, David, David Gasson, Sean Padula, those guys mm-hmm. having roles and continuing to help Tech emerge because Virginia Tech's not going to be able to win and go on a run if it's just five guys. Mm-hmm. Right. Agreed. There is a question. We have a question now. Yeah, right. and this is targeted to you, Mr. Coleman. Virginia Tech's been basketball often doesn't look as muscular as their ACC opponents. <laughs> You know where this is going. Yeah, Muscle alone doesn't win games at the ACC, but what do we know about the quality of men's basketball strength and conditioning? Oh, it's great. It's Dave Jackson, the same yeah. guy who put like guys like Ahmed Hill and Nikhil Alexander-Walker, you know, guys who really looked the part yeah. out there. And they um, were sticks when they came in. Uh, yeah, uh, D- Dave Jackson was longtime strength and conditioning coach. I guess he was strength coach probably under Greenberg <sighs> yeah. and stayed all those years and was here under Buzz. Buzz took him to Texas A&M for one year. And then he came back. And then he, he came, came back. back. He got one heck of a good offer to come back. And uh, so, yeah, I mean, I think Tech has a great strength and conditioning coach. Uh, I think uh, – I, I mean, you look at individual players. I mean, uh, like, yeah, Gasson's still skinny. Darius Maddox is still skinny. But, but they, you know, they've still got – John Ojiaco is the one that I like. Oh, yeah, yeah. The, and and the you, last you do have to remember it was like when those guys first enrolled – uh, like Gasson and Maddox, they first enrolled last year. And you remember they were not allowed to like work out and stuff because of COVID, COVID when, yeah. when they first got here, uh, or at least not to the extent that they're normally allowed. So they're a little bit behind from that standpoint. Um, I mean, I think guys, I think Couture, if you see Couture in person, yeah, Couture looks more like an outside wide receiver. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. or how an outside receiver is supposed to look. Yeah. Um, so I, I think, I think he's fine. Um, you know, Keve could probably be a little more ripped, I would say. But but I I think his strength. I, I think fine. overall mm-hmm. it's pretty good. And you think about injuries. Mm-hmm. I, I was thinking, you know, okay, Virginia Tech. Who has Virginia Tech had injured since Justin Robinson? You know, that final, that Sweet oh, 16 Lord year. Oh, David, just – yeah, uh, It's I mean, not even real wood, but not um, – <laughs> But you think, okay, J- Jalen Cohn uh-huh. – Missed a couple games at the beginning of last year. Well, he got hurt. Yeah. It was actually in the ACC portion of the schedule. Yeah. 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 Well, he missed the first couple games of the season and then yeah. came back. And, um, but, you know, and then, and John Ojiaco missed a little bit of time, but, mm-hmm. but very few, very few. Right. And, and I think that just goes to show you that the guys are healthy and the guys are, 
Um, I, I think they look pretty good for the most part. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. I think a guy like Hunter Couture has become more more physical. The how it's his strength is impressive. His own ball defense. Yeah. Try guys try to go through him and. And he's very good at being physical without fouling. Yeah, mm-hmm. but just playing straight up. Yeah, yeah. there is there is a one possession in the UNC game. Baycott caught it uh, about midway in the lane, and Aluma just stood up, and Baycott just tried to ramrod him, and mm-hmm. Baycott went nowhere. Right, and the, like the student section just erupted I, because I of, and he kicked, he had to pass <laughs> out. And that was uh, I was like, okay, Aluma, you're finally starting to show it there. Man. Yeah, and in development of. Of guys like Sean Padula, mm-hmm. you know, can, him continuing to get better yeah. or bigger, more muscular, I think yeah. that's going to be key. For sure. That was a good question. Who was that from? That was from uh, Jay Grimm. Also, if you go to the Louisville game, uh, this is going to sound like a weird thing to do, but look at Hunter Couture's legs. They are they are tree trunks. I promise you. Like, Everybody write that down. Yeah, write it down. Write look down. at Hunter Couture's legs. Well, it's hard to tell because he wears the, the – He does. He, he does wears all the way down to his yeah. uh, ankles. Yeah. You've got six days pr- to prepare. Write that down. <laughs> look at Hunter Couture's Bring legs. Bring binoculars. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, thank you uh, for the YouTube chat. Uh, Scott Glessner with some good stats in there. Jay Grimm with the, the question. question. Thank you, Nick, for sorting through that for us. Of course. Uh, before we get out of here, uh, David, Chris, what's coming up on Tech Sideline over the next few days? We'll have a normal Friday Q and A. I've got to come up with something tomorrow. I'm not really sure. Um, I think I've said pretty much all I have to say. I mean, about basketball. Yeah, I mean, David wrote a good article about it yesterday. Um, I guess I could go in depth on some stats, maybe, but like everybody knows, we shot poorly against you. Yeah, that, so and that, that, I've, that, got, I've got to come. That's up the toughest with thing. It's tech shot bad. That, that tech didn't shoot well. That's the reason why there's tech not really lost. much analysis yeah, there. It's they shot bad, they lost. I right. guess I could do inside the numbers the top ten worst shooting performances in tech history, but nobody wants to read that, right? Just bring everybody down. Uh, well, big game tonight: Georgia Tech uh, in Atlanta, nine p.m. on the ACC Network. Uh, and again, we're talking about it kind of as an at-large elimination game for Virginia Tech. You win, you get to keep on playing, trying to get that at-large bid. You lose, it becomes more and more likely you've got to end up raising the trophy in Brooklyn uh, to get into the NCAA tournament. Yeah, I'll have I'll obviously have coverage from that. Obviously, women's basketball game tomorrow. Chris Hirons will have coverage from that. Um, big weekend in everything. Baseball softball, this weekend. Baseball, softball, men's basketball, women's basketball. Women's golf. Lacrosse t- today, 3 o'clock. Uh, and, and then wrestling Wrestling is off until Wrestling's the ACC championship, championships. championships. Right? Yeah. That's next weekend. We didn't even mention um, that. A tough weekend for wrestling. Yes. Uh, lost to NC State on Sunday. Beat UVA. Beat but. UVA. So uh, technically in ACC dual meets, they <laughs> went undefeated in – the meets they wrestled in, if we're going to be technical about it. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, yes, again, big weekend. Baseball all weekend long. Men's basketball is in Miami on Saturday. Women's basketball Sunday, NC State. That one's at home. Uh, lacrosse opens up their ACC slate against Louisville on Saturday. So a lot to look forward to uh, across Virginia Tech athletics this weekend. Uh, I want to thank everybody on set. David filling in as Will Stewart is out today. Uh He's questionable for next week. Uh, we should have him back uh, at the Real D. Cunna, managing editor uh, for Tech Sideline. Chris Coleman, to my right, lead analyst and columnist for Tech Sideline at Chris Coleman TSL on Twitter. Nick Brown, great job in the fourth chair today with some insights uh, and some looks at maybe some sports that we don't talk enough about. Uh, he's at Nick Brown thirty three on Twitter. Okay. Malcolm Stewart does a great job behind the scenes as always as our producer, and I'm your host Jay Kleiman. Enjoy the game tonight, Hokies fans. We'll see you next time.